doing a series. We've been doing a series all year, really, on the supernatural. And we've looked at uh, different aspects of the supernatural. We've talked about faith. We've talked about the power of our words and, uh, you know, how all that is, is combines into having uh, receiving anything from God. We have to receive it by faith, and our words are a big part of our faith. And then, then the last couple of weeks we've been looking at um, one of the biggest problems in the body of Christ, and that is an identity problem, an identity crisis. We just don't, the body of Christ, we don't know who we are. And because of that, uh, because of that, you know, we, we are, uh, you know, weak and broken down and, and, and we're, we're just not doing everything that God want, would have us to do because we, we simply don't know who we are. And so last week we started talking about being in Christ, or actually we've looked at it the last couple of weeks, but last week we talked about what it meant to be in Christ and we looked at those scriptures that talked about um, you know, that just talked about what what did that what does that really mean to be in Christ, and how how that the old man uh, was done away with, and we we were brand new. You know, the Bible says that we were created brand new uh, when we accepted Jesus, and we got put into Christ, and the power that comes in that. But you know, just because just because the word says that doesn't mean that that's automatically going to happen in your life, right? In other words, you know, because. Just you know, it's kind of like they're saying, like ripe cherries fall off a tree. Well, that's automatically going to happen. But the things of God don't happen like ripe cherries falling off a tree. The Bible says that it's there and it's ours for the taking. But there's a part that you and I play, and you know, because the Bible says that the Bible says that God would that is His will that none should perish. But how many of you know? Not everybody, not everybody will be born again because some people will actually. Uh, choose not to accept him. And that's the reason, you know, God gives us a free will. He gives us uh, the ability to make a choice. Well, with that being said, even the, even since we are in Christ, and when you get born again, when you start a relationship with Jesus, and you become, you know, what we call, quote-unquote, a Christian, when you become a Christian, you get put into into Christ, and that's who you are. You are in Christ you, you know, you're seated in heavenly places. All of those things are true. But if you don't, if you don't know that and you don't uh, claim that and you don't appropriate that, then none of that will make a difference in your life. You can live your life just like every ordinary other person that has no knowledge of it. And, and, you, know, and you can blame God all day long for not, for not coming through for you, for not doing things and not doing this and not doing that. But it's not God's fault. God said it's yours, but yet there's, there's a part that you play in that. Amen. And this morning we're going to talk about that. The Bible talks about it being, he talks about it and, and, and in this terminology, he talks about putting off the old man and putting on the new man. And so this morning we're going to talk about putting off and putting on and see what our part is in it and how and how what we need to do to make sure that we are using every tool that we have available to us to be in Christ, to, to live victoriously in Him. Now, in 2 Corinthians 2.14, and I've, I've got a lot of these scriptures I say that are my favorite scriptures, but, but I love this scripture. This is, the, this is one of those scriptures that I love to quote and I love to, to go back and meditate on and think about. And this past Sunday night, uh, this past Sunday night in prayer, the Lord highlighted this scripture to us, and, and, uh, and, and man, it, it was really at the end of prayer, it was really a powerful time. Um, at, at the end of our prayer time last Sunday night. But the scripture says this in 2 Corinthians 2, uh, 14. It says this, 
Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Now notice that he, he says that God always causes us to triumph in Christ. That means that if, you know, for us to, to use this scripture, because we could, we, could, we could claim that scripture and we could say, well, we always triumph, so that means I'm going to go buy a lottery ticket. And, and since God always says that we always win, then I'm going to win the lottery. Well, guess what? It don't work that way. Because that's not in Christ. <laughs> right? And now, if you win the lottery, we'll take the tithe off of it and we'll bless it and <laughs> cleanse it and all that good stuff. But, but uh, you know, but... <laughs> you understand what I'm saying. It, notice how he says this. He says that we always are victorious in Christ. So what he's talking about here is things that, things that are pertaining to the spiritual side of things. But, and, and people always say, well, that's just the spiritual. But remember what, when we talk about the supernatural, what have we said? What, how have we classified the supernatural? We've classified the supernatural as anything that pertains to God. Anything that has God involved in it is supernatural. So that means anything that has God involved in it in our lives, then that we can be victorious in that every single time. Amen. That's what he said, that he always causes us to triumph in Christ. Now, I know a lot of people will bucket that and say, well, yeah, well, what about this or what about that? Or, you know, I haven't experienced that. Well, we have to remember that we can't, we can't base our theology off of our experiences. We have to base our theology off what the Word says. And, whether, and you know, whether you believe it or not, and, you know, a lot of people say, well, the Word says it, I believe it, that settles it. Well, that's really not a true statement. The Word says it, that settled it, <laughs> whether you believe it or not, right? I mean, you know, now, yes, you do have to believe things to get them to work for you in your life. That is a true statement. But listen, if the Word says it, that settles it. And, and it's up, you know, and then when we believe it, then we can appropriate it or we can get it to work for us in our life. But he says this. Notice the rest of this scripture. He says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, and he makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Now, if you just read that from the King James, you may not even, you may not even get the full the full breadth of what that verse means. Let's look at it from the uh, Amplified. The Amplified says this, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory. And through us, now notice this, through us he spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. Man, I love that. That because when we triumph when you and I are victorious in our Christian life, in our spiritual life, when we, when, we use, when we take God and we have God in our lives and we, we become triumphant because of that, what happens when other people see us, when other people look at us, it, it puts off a fragrance to the things of God for them. Man, isn't that awesome? I mean, that's an incredible scripture. But now listen to this. Now this, this is an interesting scripture because look at verse, we'll just keep reading from, from the Amplified. Listen to what this says in verse 15. He goes on to say this, For we are the sweet fragrance of Christ, which, which ex ex exhales unto God, discernible alike among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. 
Now think about that. He said that we are, we are the fragrance of God in this world, and both the people that are being saved or, the people, or Christians is what he's talking about, the people that are, that are born again and the people that are perishing, they both can smell the fragrance of God in our lives. Now isn't that something? Now what's the difference? Notice why he said this is an incredible scripture. Listen to the difference here. In verse 16 he goes on to say this. To the latter, or to those that are perishing, he says, it is an aroma wafted from death to death, a fatal odor, the smell of doom. Have you ever wondered why when when the world sees Christians prospering, they get so mad? They get so upset when the church is doing what God said the church could do? You know, like, for example, I mean, this, I, I, I was seeing, this came up in the news again this week, and I, I just happened to notice it, but you remember when, um, and man, I don't want to get political at all, but, but you remember when, uh, when Mike Pence, the, our vice president, he made the statement that, that he wouldn't meet with a woman by herself? You know, just, and, and, you know, and we have the same policy here at the church. I never meet with a, with a woman, you know, other than my wife by myself just to protect them and to protect me and to protect you. you know, and, but, of course, you know what happened when, when he said that, man, the, the, the liberals just went crazy. What are you talking about? You know, why can't you trust? And they just went off crazy. Well, guess what that was? See, that put off an aroma, and, and he said the reason that is, he said, for, he said for me and my wife and for the moral side of things, he said, I just won't do that. And, that, and you know, he said, because I believe that's the Christian thing to do and the right way to do things. Well, that put off an aroma that was a stench to some people. And it, and it made them mad. Well, and you can pick a number of different things, but you take a Christian who is doing the things of God and the world, it, I mean, it just so irritates them. And here he said that the reason that is is because it puts off an aroma. God puts off an aroma and a fragrance that is like death to those that are perishing when they see it. And he goes on to say this, and he says, to the former or to those that are saved, he said, it is an aroma from life to life, a vital fragrance, living and fresh. And then he said, and who is qualified? Who is fit or sufficient for these things? Who is able for such a ministry? Are we? And then notice verse 17. He says this, For we are not like so many, like hucksters making a trade of or peddling God's word, shortchanging and adulterating the divine message, but like men of sincerity and of the purest motive, as commissioned and sent by God, we speak his message in Christ the Messiah in the very sight and presence of God. So what Paul said was this. He said, listen, the reason that the world gets so mad at, at, the, at the things of God is because it shows them that they're, they're, that they're perishing. And the reason it's so good to those that are born again and to Christians alike is because it shows us that that's part of who we are. And if, they, and if that is the fragrance that they're carrying, then guess what? We can carry that same fragrance. You know, uh, we heard a testimony from uh, one, of the, one of the speakers. Her name was Alice, uh, or Alice uh, Cresswell, and she was from uh, uh, Chester. Chester, England. 
and they opened up this, you know, they opened, I mean, man, this is a whole cool story, but they opened up this restaurant, and, and they just saw miracle after miracle in here. But she was on an airplane, and she was on this airplane, and, and she sat down beside this guy, and they were getting ready to take off, and she was in the middle seat, and, uh, and he was sitting next to the window, and she was just looking out the window, and she, she started noticing, like, they were getting ready to take off, and they were taxiing down the runway, and they were, you know, making their final approach, getting ready to take off. And, and she was just looking out the window, and she kind of caught the, out of the side of her eye, she caught this guy was getting like real irritated, real agitated, and he was sweating, and, and he had beads of sweat coming off of his forehead, you know. And she's thinking, man, this guy's like really nervous about flying. And she said, maybe I just need to pray with him and need to, you know, comfort him a little bit, you know, because he looks like he's really in distress over here. And then all of a sudden, before she could say something, she just looked at, or this guy looked at her and said, what is that? And she said, she said, excuse me, what are you talking about? He says, what is that presence that you've got all over you? And he said, he, he said it's making me hot. He said, I'm sweating. He said, he said, there's such a presence on you that she, he said, it is just making me sweat all over. And she said, oh, she said, I can tell you what it is. She said, that's the presence of Jesus. And, and, he said, and he was talking, and he said, he said, well, I've been going to all these other churches and all these other religions, and, and he said, and I've yet to find anything like that. And she's like, well, I can share it with you. And, 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 she, and while she was talking to him, she, had, she felt a pain in her back, and she said, hey, do you happen to have back problems? And he said, I hurt my back like 14 years ago, and he said, I've been in pain every day since. And so they've got me on morphine, and they got me on all these pills, and nothing's working. And she says, well, she says, well can I just put my finger on your shoulder? And she said, can I just release this power on, you know, to you? And he said, I would love that. And she just touched his shoulder, and just like that, the pain left. And he said, for the first time in 14 years... He said, I, I'm not in pain. You see, that's the fragrance of heaven. I mean, that's what we're talking about. We carry that. You carry that. And to the world, now here's the thing, to the world it shows them they're perishing, but if, all they, if, if they'll just simply reach out and receive it, they'll change from going from death to life. Amen. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Now turn with me to uh, Ephesians chapter 4. I just wanted to share that with you just about the fragrance because I thought that was such a cool story. And, and, uh, and, and we, we actually used that prayer or that, that same scripture in, uh, in prayer Sunday night that really ministered to us and, and was really pretty cool. In uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23, and here's, here's where Paul starts talking about it. And he uses this terminology and I've got about four or five different, at least four different Passages we'll look at real, real briefly this morning. In uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23, Paul said this. Um, well, and actually, let's go, let's go back up to... Um, <clears throat> let's go back up to verse 19, and we'll just start there. Uh, Paul said this, "...who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. And he's talking about a lifestyle, a previous lifestyle. And then, but then he said this, but you have not so learned Christ. So in other words, he said, you know, you used to be that way, but now you've learned a new way, right? He said, this is, there's a new way. Christ is a new way. And verse 21, he said this, if so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is, in Jesus, and then here's where he starts this terminology. He says that you put off 
concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So Paul said this, he said, he said you used to live one way, and you, you were in all kinds of bad stuff, you were in all kinds of lifestyle of, of the world, and, and you acted like the world, and you did things like the world. And he says, he says, but now, he says, since you've heard of Christ, in other words, we could, we could say it this way, now since you've received Christ and you know Jesus as your Savior, he said now it's up to you to put off concerning the old man, to put off that lifestyle, to put off those thoughts, those feelings, those, those ways that you used to live, and then to put on the new man. And the new man is Christ. Now, I love this, this passage here from the Passion Translation. We don't have this on our computer, so you'll just have to, just have to listen to this. But from the Passion Translation uh, in Ephesians 4, it says this. It uses some, some cool uh, terminology here, a little bit different. In Ephesians 4, let me get over here to verse, uh, let's see, 23. He says this from the Passion. It says... Um, so discard every form of dishonesty and lying so that you will be known as one who always speaks the truth, for we all belong one to another. And then, no, that's the wrong scripture, isn't it? Ephesians 4. Oh, I was reading. I was in the wrong verse. I'm sorry. Yeah. Let me get over here. These verses are so small in this Bible, I can't, it's hard to see. Um... No, I don't need reading glasses. It's just I can't see the can't see those little bitty numbers. <laughs> Let me see if this one. Well, it talks about. Um, that's not the scripture. That's not the one I was thinking. I think it was the other one in in uh, the other one we read. But it talked about this. It said it said put off the he said put off the the former things like it was filthy rags, like it was filthy clothes. You know, yesterday. Uh, we got back into town, and I, I came up, and we, we were doing some work back here behind the building, and, and uh, we've, we've dug a ditch, and, and we're, we're not quite through with it yet, so, so we have a sump pump out there and, and different things, and, and it had rained, so I went out there to check it, and my sump pump had burned up, and it, I, it had run dry, my, my check valve had stopped, wasn't working properly, so, uh, so I was having to fix that, and of course it was muddy, and and you know, and, and everything is where it had been raining, and I'd pulled that stuff out, and 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 I got some mud on my pants, and and on my shirt, and different things, just you know, trying to get everything fixed. Well, you know, the first thing I did when I got home, I didn't I didn't hang out in those dirty clothes. The first thing I did, I took those dirty clothes off and put on new clothes, put on fresh clothes. Why? Because I had filth on me, I had mud on me, I had dirt on me. And that's what Paul was saying here. He said, listen, your old lifestyle, the way you used to live, the, the things that you used to do, it's like mud on your clothes. And he said, what you have to do, he, now listen, if I wanted to, you know, I could, I could have stayed the rest of the day in those muddy clothes. I didn't have to take them off, right? I mean, I could have just walked around the house with mud all over me. Stacy would have made me go outside. She wouldn't have let me stay in the house. But, but I had a choice. I mean, I, I could have chosen to stay in those dirty clothes or I, could, I, I chose to take those off and to put new ones on, put new clothes on, fresh clothes, clean clothes. 
And that's what Paul's saying here. He said, listen, your own lifestyle, the way you used to live, the person you used to be, you have to make a decision. You have to. Everybody say, I have to. We, every single person, you have to make the decision to put off your former lifestyle and to put on the new lifestyle. You have to take off the dirty and put on the clean. God's not going to do that for you. It is God's desire, is God's will, is God's purpose, is His destiny for you to have the best clothes on. But you know what? If you want to walk around in dirty clothes, you can do that. He's not going to force you to wear the good clothes. It's a choice that you make. And just, just, you know, just like that, Paul said, listen, he said, you've got to put off concerning the former, and then you've got to put on concerning the new. So in your lifestyle, in your life and in my life, we have to make the decision that, you know what, I'm going to stop doing these things, and I'm going to start doing these things. And the awesome thing is, is that with God helping you, you can do that. Now, if you don't involve God in it, remember, we talked, we've talked about this at length in this series on the supernatural. If you try and do it in your own ability and in your own, in your own uh, you know, strength, then you know what? You're going to struggle with it. But if you will learn to partner, we, we, you know, man, this was, this was a word that, that the Lord spoke to me this morning as I was praying, and I shared a little bit about it in the foundations this morning, but, but one, of the, one of the coolest things that God does for us is that he says that we are co-laborers together with him. We're co-laborers. What does that mean? That doesn't mean that God does everything for us. And that doesn't mean that we have to do everything for God. That means we work together. You know, Pastor Hagen there at Ramah always said this. He, he would always say this. He said it's when the natural and the super come together that it makes an explosive force for God. You know, we do the natural, God does the supernatural, and it makes that explosive force for God. And, you know, and, and so, so here he says, he says that there's things that we have to do. Turn to Romans chapter 13. We'll see this again. There, there's like three different times we'll see this. In Romans chapter 13, Romans chapter 13, verse number 9, <clears throat> once again, Paul says this, and he lists, he lists some things here. And, um, and, you know, concerning the former lifestyle, he says this. He says, For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill. This is Romans 13, verse 9. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment. Now, what, what was he doing there? He was listing the commandments, right? The Ten Commandments. And he says, And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. So did you hear what he said? He said, you've you got to know what time it is. What time is it that we're living in right now? We're living in the last of the last days. And Paul and now listen, Paul thought that when he was writing this. And that's been, you know, that's been a long time ago since Paul wrote this, right? But Paul said, he said, now that you know what time it is, he said, wake up. Get up. 
There's something you have to do. What, what did Paul tell them that we had to do? He says, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. And that's still a true statement. Amen? That our salvation, that the Lord's return is closer now than when the first time we heard about it. So then he said, verse 12, he says, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore, now here, here's what it is. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and, and uh, wantonness, not in strife and envying. But, look at verse 14, he says this, But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Man, what a powerful verse. The Amplified says this in verse 14. The Amplified, I like this. The Amplified says, But clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Isn't that good? Clothe yourself with Jesus. Amen. Clothe yourself with Jesus. And he says, and make no provision for indulging the flesh. Listen, put a stop to thinking about the evil cravings of your physical nature to gratify its desires or its lust. So put on Jesus and then stop thinking about ways to indulge and satisfy your flesh. Amen, Pastor. That's good preaching. Sometimes it hurts, don't it? Steps on our toes a little bit. But we have to put on Jesus. Now listen, in that verse, who did he say had to be the one to put it on? We do. Now listen, he's given us everything we need. He's given us the clothes to wear. He's given us, every, he's given us the armor. He's given us everything we need to, for protection. He's given us everything we need so that we're dressed properly. But you know what? He's not going to come down and dress us. You know, there comes a time, now when we have little babies, we dress them. Right? I mean, we do everything for them. We feed them. We dress them. We clean their, we clean their messes up. Right? But you know what? If you saw somebody doing that to a 10 or a 12-year-old, a 15-year-old, you'd think something's wrong. Right? No. We have to, listen, we have to, we have to, do, there's, there comes a time when you have to grow up a little bit. You have to wake up and you have to say, you know what? Now's the time that I've got to put some stuff off and I've got to put some stuff on. Amen. And Paul said here in, in the book to Romans, or in the, the, the letter to Rome here, he says, listen, he said, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for indulging the flesh. And it's something that you and I have to do. In Colossians, let's look at Colossians here. Colossians uh, chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. And I'm just, listen, I'm just reminding you of some things here. Okay, I mean, these, these scriptures, we, we know these scriptures. We, I mean, these, these scriptures that if you've been around the things of God long... I mean, you know about putting on and putting off. You know about, you know, putting the old man down and, and putting the new man on. In Colossians 3, verse 9 and 10, it said this, Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds, and 
you have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. In, in, in the, first, the first one we looked at, it said that, that we renew the spirit of our mind. Here he talks about renewing, renewing our mind again. How do, you know, how, do you, how do you put off and put on? How's a practical way you put off and put on? You change the way you think. You, start, you stop thinking like you used to think, and you start thinking like God thinks. You stop thinking so much about what, what feels good to the flesh and what the flesh wants to do, and you start saying, God, what do you want? You know, you stop, you stop so much being about me and me, me, and then over here you start saying, God, how can I serve others? And you renew your mind on a daily basis. God, how can I do this? God, God you know, and, and when you have those thoughts come up, those things, you know, the Bible says there's, there's sins that so easily trip us up. And most of the time, to be honest with you, it's not, it's, not the, it's not the big ones that trip us up so much of the time. It's the little ones that we get tangled up in. You know, most of the time, if, you, if somebody falls in, in their own house, they don't fall over the chair, or they don't fall over the kitchen table. What do they fall over? They fall over a cord that's stretched across the, 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 the walkway or something. Or they trip over a... Uh, you know, a string or a, just something that shouldn't be in the middle of the floor. They don't trip over the big stuff. They trip over something small. And that's the way it is in our life. But what we have to do is we have to start renewing our minds. We have to start putting off those old way of thinking and put on the new way. Start thinking like God thinks. Now, another way we do this is, is by our words. We've talked about that. But in Philemon... Philemon verse 6, and it's right before the book of Hebrews. It's just one chapter. It's just, just one, one chapter here. And Philemon verse number 6, he says it this way. He says that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. The Amplified puts it this way. The Amplified says, and I pray... That the, partic- that the participation in and the sharing of your faith may produce and pr- promote full recognition and appreciation and understanding and precise knowledge of every good thing that is ours in our identification with Christ Jesus and unto his glory. So what Philemon was saying here was this. One of the ways that you get this to work for you and one of the ways that you, that you start putting on the new man is you start acknowledging everything that he said you have. Uh, we handed out a sheet. I think there's some more of those back there. I was going to print some more, and I forgot to this morning. But I think there's still some back there. But, but I, I gave a sheet out a couple weeks ago that had a front and back that talked about um, everything that you have in Christ. You know, the, uh, 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 Brother, Hagen, Brother Hagen taught for years, you know, one of the best studies you can do in the, in the New Testament is to look up all of the in Christ, in Him, in whom. Look up all of those scriptures because all of those things tells us a couple things about us. It tells us who we are, what we have, and what we can do. When you see, you know, just like that scripture we looked at in 2 Corinthians 2 at the very first, it says that we are always, that God always, we're always victorious through Jesus, or we're always victorious in Christ. You know, and that tells us that we can always win when we stay in Christ. That's who we are. We're victorious in Christ. 
You know, Mark Hankins always says it this way. He says, and I, and, and I love a lot of his little nuggets, but he says this, you look a whole lot better in Christ than you do out. Amen. You know, and so, so if you hadn't seen yourself lately, you need to look, find yourself in Christ. And stop saying who you are in the flesh and start saying who you are in Christ. So in other words, instead of saying, oh, well, I'm just, I'm, you know, poor me and I just, nothing ever happens good for me and, and I'm always, I'm always, I always get the, the short end of the stick. No, instead of saying that, you need to start saying, no, I am, I am the head, not the tail. Favor comes my way. God, I am, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God is working things out for my behalf. And you start declaring, you start acknowledging everything that Jesus has said and given you. And when you do that, then guess what? Then your faith will start operating that way. It's when you, it's when you don't do that, it's when you keep your mouth closed or you say the wrong things. When you say the wrong things and you, and you, and you, you constantly talk about defeat and depressed and, and this and that and defeated and and broke, and sick, and, and all that, when, you, when you're constantly talking that way, then, you know, how, how's God going to do anything with those words? But when you acknowledge what He said, when you agree with Him, when you look in the Word and you find Scriptures to say, I'm the healed of the Lord. By His stripes, I am healed. You see, then God can take that and He can say, I can work with that. If you will agree with me, then we can do something. You know, and then that's when your faith will become effectual is when you start acknowledging every good thing that God has done for you, in you, and that he can do through you. Amen. And you see, but here's the key. The key to all of this is you have to put off some things so that you can put on some new things. You know, just like just like my story with the clothes. You know, I could have I could have taken I could have taken some a new shirt because I I was wearing a, I had a shirt on and I'd got some mud on it. You know, where I'd picked that, picked something up and and it rubbed against me. I could have taken another shirt and put over top of it, and everything would have looked good for a while. But guess what? Underneath that mud still would have got in that new shirt. You know, before you can put on some things, you've got to be willing to take some things off. Because if you don't take stuff off, if you don't put off concerning your old life, put off those thoughts, then you're not going to be able to fully put on the new. You have to be willing to get rid of some things. Get rid. Now, boy, now there's, there's some big ones here. Because you know what? We have, to get, we have to be willing to get rid of some worry so that we can receive peace. Amen. We have to be willing to get rid of some, well, I mean, you know, we'll even go there. We have to be willing to get rid of some sickness so we can put on some health. Listen, a lot of people want to be sick. It's true. I mean, they like, they like people patting them on the shoulder and telling them how bad they've got it. I've, I mean, we, we probably, probably everybody, you all know people like that. I don't want to be that. Amen. I want to get rid of all that junk. Amen. But you have to be willing to get rid of a poor mentality so that God can prosper you. You know, the two don't mix. 
you have to be willing to get rid of some things in order to put some things on. And the key, and here's what I want you to, here's what I want you to, to know and to, to, to take away from today. You have to do it. I can't do it for you. Your husband can't do it for you. Your wife can't do it for you. Your kids can't. Your parents can't. Now, we can help each other. And we can encourage each other and we can spur each other on. And the Bible says we should do that. But at the end of the day, it comes down to, to what are you willing to do? What are you willing to say? What are you willing to put off so that you can put on? You see, because, but think, think about, I mean, you know, this, this put off and put on is, is all throughout the Bible. Think about blind Bartimaeus, that story of Bartimaeus. I love that story. And, you know, the Bible says that, that he's standing on the side of the road calling out, you know, he hears that Jesus is coming by. He starts calling out, you know, Son of David, have mercy on me. And then finally when Jesus, when Jesus comes by and he hears him, he hears the sound of faith in his voice. And Jesus said, go bring him to me. And what's the first thing the Bible says when, they, when somebody comes running to Bartimaeus and tells him, the master calls you? What's the first thing he did? He threw off that old beggar's coat. Why did he do that? Because now listen, that was an important piece of that was an important garment for him. Because it gave him the right to stand on the side of the road and beg. It's kind of almost it'd almost be like a license today or something. You know, to where, where you had to register with the government so that they give you a, a license so you could have a business, so to speak. Well, this, you know, in that day, the, the beggars had a certain garment that they would wear so people would know that they were legitimate beggars and that you, you, know, that you could give them money. Well, the first thing he did when Jesus, when, when somebody came up to him and says, Hey, Bart, Bart, the master's calling you. Come on. He took, that old bar, he took that beggar's garment and he cast it off. Why did he do that? Because he knew he was getting ready to get a new garment. Now, Jesus didn't give him, now listen, Jesus didn't give him a garment a physical garment, per se, but what did Jesus give him? He gave him his sight. See, he had, to, he had to be willing to cast that garment, that old beggar's garment off, so that he could receive his sight. You know, th there was another time that two, that two blind men came to Jesus, and, and they followed Jesus, and it says that he went into the house with him. And Jesus asked him a peculiar question. You know, here two blind guys are following him, and, and, you know, and Jesus is having a conversation with him. And then Jesus asked him this question, what, what do you want me to do for you? Now, isn't that something? They were blind, and Jesus asked them, what do you want me to do? They, they very well could have said, well, we just want our house paid off. We've, hey, we've, we've, we've come to the fact that, to know that we're blind and we'll always be blind. We, man, if, if, we, if we could just get our house paid off, we'd be all right. No, that's not what they said. Jesus said, what do you want? And they said, we want our sight. And then Jesus made that incredible statement. He said, according to your faith, be it done to you. So in other words, Jesus told him, he said, he said what, you, what you have spoken, what your faith says, that's what you're going to get. So what you're confessing is what you're receiving. So some of us need to check up on what our confession is. And we need to put off some things so that we can put on some things so that we can receive some new things. Amen. Your faith will become effective as you continue to acknowledge, to think, to meditate, to declare, and to act like the Bible is true. 
Amen. Think about that. When you, when, you, when you acknowledge, you think, you meditate, you declare, and you act like the Bible's true, that's when your faith will become effective. Hallelujah. So today, the question I just want to ask you is simply this. Have you got some things you need to put off so that you can put on the things that God wants to give you? Because until you put off some things, you're not going to be able to put on. Man, I mean, you could story after story in the Bible you could, you could talk about and, and this principle of putting off and putting on. You know, because now listen, one, one last one, just the Lord just rising up in my spirit here. Think about the story of David and Goliath. When David, David came to check on his brothers and, and he saw Goliath come up there and, and you know, he started, David started saying, well, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? I'll, I'll take him out and everything. And, and word got back to the King Saul finally that there's a guy here who said he'll fight him because nobody else would fight Goliath. And notice what King Saul did. You, I mean, we all know the story. King Saul brought him in there and... and and he, you know, King Saul got excited because David was excited. But then Saul tried to, tried to dress him with his armor. And David, that armor wasn't made for David. That armor was made for Saul. And when David put that armor on, it was way too big because Saul was a, a very tall man. He was head and shoulders above everybody else, the Bible says. David was just a, a ruddy little teenager. You know, and David put that armor on, and man, it just swallowed him whole. You know, I can see you. You know, it's kind of like a like you see your your son, you know, wear one of your one one of your shirts or something. You know, like when they were smaller, things dragging the floor, and he's tripping over it, and and you know, can't hardly walk in it. I can just see David walking around in that old heavy armor, thinking, "How am I going to sling my slingshot? You know, how am I going to bend down to fix up? I man, I can't I can't even move my arm in this stuff." And what did David have to do? David had to put off what somebody else was trying to put on him so that he could be the person that God told him that he was. David put off Saul's armor, and then he put on what God told him to do, which was take that slingshot you've been practicing with, pick you up some stones, and let's go, let's go kill a giant today. Amen. You see, you can't, you can't put on something that somebody else has. Because God custom fits everything. You can't compare yourself to what God's doing in somebody else's life because everything's custom with God. There's no one size fits all. Amen. That's good news. Because God loves us so much that He knows exactly what you need. And you know what? What you need is different than what I need. And what I need is different than what Donnie needs. And what Donnie needs is different than what David needs. We all, we all have needs. We all have things that we need, you know, that, that we have, that, that, we're, that we're calling out to God and crying out to God. And what God is saying is this. God is saying, if you'll just put off some stuff so that I can fit you with what you need at this season in your life. And then if you'll just acknowledge what I give you, if you'll acknowledge who you are and what you have, if you'll see yourself the way I see you, then that's when your faith is going to become effectual and that's when you're going to see the giants in your life start to fall. Amen. The first, the first step, listen, the first step in, in all of this is knowing Jesus as your Savior. 
Because the Bible says when you, when, you, when you get to know Him, when you invite Him into your life, that you become a new creation. And that's what we're talking about, about becoming a new creation. It's, 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 it's God makes it to where He moves in. Amen. So the first thing you have to do, you have to know Jesus. Then the second thing after that is you just have to start listening to the Holy Spirit. You have to start allowing Him to show you, to teach you, to what to put off and what to put on. Because you know what? How many, and here, here's, a practical, here's a practical example. You know, you're going down the road and the Lord, tells you, the Lord tells you, hey, don't go the same way home today. Go a different way. And you think, well, now I've, I've went that way for the last 25 years. You know, why would I want to go a different way? But what, what's the Lord doing? He's trying to get you to put off something so that you, he can put on something else. You see, now that's just a little practical thing. But, you know, who knows? Maybe God needs you over somewhere else, or maybe there's a, a wreck, or maybe there's something about to happen over here, and God's trying to get you away from it. Think about the story of 9-11. You know, when, when on that day, on 9-11, when those tragedies hit, there were more people called in sick that day or called in and said they were going to be late than any day in history. Now, why do you think that was? Because people were listening to the Holy Spirit. Well, I think I'll just go by and get me a donut this morning. Well, I never get a donut. Well, I, I, man, that hot nail sign looks good right now. <laughs> you know, stop and, and take an extra 30 minutes or something. The next thing you know, you get a phone call. Man, your office is gone. What? I would have been there. You see, listen, God, God will do little things in your life like that. He'll speak to you. If, but, but you know what? what? What if you weren't willing to change? What if you weren't willing to say, no, I'm, I'm going to do what I've always done, and then, and then God's trying to protect you and save you from something, and you walk right into it? And then what, does, what do people do? Everybody says, well, why did God let that happen? Well, he was trying to warn you. I mean, you can tell story after story like that. But today, listen, today I want you to know I want I just the question I want to ask is just simply this: What's some things you need to put off today, so that you can, so that God can put some new things on you, so that He can clothe you with some new, with some new clothes, Amen. So He can clothe you with some new, some new ideas, some new thoughts. You know, what's some things that you need to start acknowledging that God has already done for you, and you just haven't acknowledged it, you haven't been speaking into it. You haven't been agreeing with God about a situation in your life. What is that thing? Now listen, the Holy Spirit right now is speaking. He's talking. He's, he's showing you some things right now. I believe, I believe for every one of us. I mean, even as I'm ministering, the Lord's showing me things. And I believe, I believe that the Lord will show you things right now. Just little adjustments. It, and, and it don't have to be big. Don't think, don't think a little adjustment is insignificant. You realize that one thought, one thought can change your life forever. God could give you an idea in just a split second if you're willing to listen to Him. That could change your life and everybody else's life. One thought, one, one change, one, one adjustment. You see, so much of the time we're looking for the big things. We've talked about this before. We're looking for the, uh, you know, how's the, what's to say? That we're looking for the spectacular that we miss the supernatural. 
Because sometimes God, the supernatural is simply God saying, make that one adjustment. Fine-tune this. Fine-tune that. Go this way. Go that way. And when we do that, it changes everything. Amen? Let's bow our heads just for a moment. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, my prayer today is just this. Lord, my prayer today is that, that you would, Holy Spirit, that you would just show each one of us those areas in our lives that we need to make those adjustments. Lord, like, like uh, we read where Paul said to the, church, to the church at Rome, even back then, it's time to wake up. It's time to, to get out of your sleep. And it's time to step up and start putting off the things you know you need to put off and start putting on those things that you know the things that God has been speaking to you about. So, Lord, right now I just pray that each person here, Father, if there be one here that doesn't know you as their Savior, then may today be that day, Father, that they come to know you. Those, those that have a relationship with you, Lord, may, there, may you just continue to speak about putting off and putting on and making those adjustments and doing the things that's necessary, Father, to live our lives the way that you would have us to. Father, to where we see ourselves the way you see us and we live our lives the way you would have us live, to live our lives. So thank you, Holy Spirit, right now for moving, for, for touching, for ministering, Father, for, for doing, doing what only you can do. We give you glory and honor today. Let's all stand to our feet just for a moment. And I just want to give you an opportunity. If, if you need prayer, if you would like prayer, if you'd like Stacy and I to pray with you, we'd love to be able to, to pray with you and to agree with you. If you need salvation, listen, if you've never been born again, there's no greater day than today that, to, to receive him as your Savior. If you, need, if you need agreement, if you need us to agree with you about something, then, man, we, we want to do that. We rejoice. We rejoice with those that, that God is touching and that God's moving. It's so good to see David here. Uh, he had surgery this week, man, and we're believing God is just totally healed and healthy. Amen. Dory had surgery this week, and, and, and the Lord's touching her and healing her. Got some good reports from her, and, and, and just, just God's doing some great things. Amen. And we're excited about what God's doing. And he can do it in your life, too. And it's just a matter of you just being willing to say, yes, Lord. You know, yes, Lord, I'll do that. So anybody need prayer for anything at all, we'd love to be able to pray with you. <clears throat> and as, as we pray for these, just, just stay in an attitude of prayer with us, and we're just going to agree with them and pray for these that come down.
Well, God is good. Amen. Amen. Well, we love you. Uh, there'll be no prayer tonight, so uh, we're we're leaving, going up to my mom's for a few days uh, for spring break. So uh, so there'll be no prayer tonight, but we'll be back Wednesday night, and we'll be continuing our series on the end times. Be starting to, starting talking about the tribulation period. So uh, sounds like fun, doesn't it? So so.